So let's say hello to Sharon. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Hi, John. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good. Sharon is the co-founder of Your Mileage May Vary Travel Blog, which I might say, just right off the top, is fantastic. Uh, oh, thank you, got, you. Oh, no, you're very welcome. Um, you you and your husband are posting, I don't know, four or five articles, six articles, six, do you call them articles? Just posts. Uh, artic- I, yeah. Articles, posts, yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm looking at the ones from today. I'm like, wow. Um Maybe we can get to some of those a little bit later, but the thing that, in fact, I hope we do, but the thing that um, attracted us was when you blogged about your awareness that some of the hotels that you traveled to didn't have a 13th floor. Am I right about that? That's right, yeah. Tell me the process that when you suddenly, uh, suddenly dawned on you. Well, uh, my husband, Joe, and I travel several times a year, and over the years, you know, you go into the elevator, and it's like, it goes from 12 to 14, or it'll have 12A instead of 13, and I'm I'm a curious kind of person, so I would start Googling, Um, and it turns out that it's all because of superstition. Of course. And it goes back many, many years. Um, when skyscrapers started popping up in the early 20th century, um, the fear of the number 13 was already rampant enough so that they just automatically would skip the 13th floor once buildings were going that high. Um, and then when hotels started becoming higher and higher, they just followed through. Apparently, even I, I read somewhere, J.W. Marriott, who was the guy who started Marriott Hotels, yeah. um, he was quoted as saying that it was one of the first things I learned. Don't go to 13. So, and yeah. it's, It is uh, fascinating because, of course, in reality, there is a 13th floor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're stacking one floor on top of the other, and you know, you can't just suddenly remove a floor, you go 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I mean, there is one, but I guess not labeling it as the 13th floor, at least to the folks that are concerned about this superstitions, takes away the stigma. Did you notice a lot of this happening? I mean, or just occasionally? Um, I, I'll admit I never, I didn't always look. Yeah, and, and so, and not all of the hotels that we stayed in went high enough for that. But I noticed <laughs> it, and I just noticed it enough so that it was. I noticed a pattern, and so I just started looking at it and seeing, seeing why. Well, we're in a we're in a. I guess you'd call it a high rise office building in downtown Chicago near the lake. And when we were talking, we were promoting you coming on a little while ago, and I suddenly said, "Hey." Do we have a thirteenth floor? Because you know, I never, I never paid any attention. And hey, so Rianda, my producer, calls down. Tell a story. What happened? So I called down to our, our lobby security, and uh, <laughs> the the worker goes, what, "What do you need?" And I said, "Do do do we have a thirteenth floor that's labeled on this building?" And they went, "Yeah, of course we do. That's a dumb question." And then just hung up the phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I guess that was silly yeah. I guess me. we do have uh, have a thirteenth floor. Okay, um, well, you guys, you guys are a rarity then, because Otis Elevator estimates that about eighty five percent of the buildings with their elevators don't have a named thirteenth floor. No kidding. Yeah. So I never thought. Obviously, I never thought of that connection. There's somebody's yep. got to manufacture the elevator and then label it. What was that percentage again from Otis? 85% do not have a 13th floor. Wow. Yep. That is really, I'm not quite sure what, how to react to that. That is really something. I mean, yeah. I, I personally don't have a problem with the number 13, um, you know, Friday the 13th and all of that. Right. That, that's really, that's really an accommodation to those folks that have a problem with the 13, 80%. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, in, I've, another thing that I had found out in, 2000, in 2007, um, they did a Gallup poll to see what percentage of the people would be bothered by if they had a room on the 13th floor. Um, it sounds weird, but 13% of people said that they would have a problem with it. That was, yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, I'm now I'm getting paranoid. <laughs> I'm have to, buildings that I go into now I'm going to have to be checking out. First of all, I'll look up and see if it's manufactured by Otis, and then Good. then I'll take a look at how many floors are listed, how many buttons I can push. Mm-hmm. That is well, there crazy. You go. That is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. So let's get back to um, your blog, your mileage. May vary the travel blog. You and your husband do it. What got mm-hmm. you in? What got you into this? Because it's uh, it's very uh, complete um, and uh, has a lot of information, and you're putting a lot of information into it on a daily basis. This can't be a well, hobby. Can't be a hobby. It started as a hobby, and now it's a hobby that makes money. So <laughs> that's what happened. Um, my husband has had has had the hobby of collecting frequent flyer miles uh-huh. and hotel points probably for about 15 or 20 years. Um, and our friends would say to us, you know, you know, when they would say that we were staying at a nicer hotel than we typically right. would or, or we were flying somewhere and we went business class instead of coach, yeah. you know, people would say, well, how are you doing that? And, you know, he would explain it, and they said, you should give lessons. <laughs> lessons and, in well, how to go collect points. Exactly. Um, yeah. he, he didn't have the time for that. So I said, well, why don't you write a travel blog and explain it there? And then that way, you know, when you have time to explain it, you can. And if you don't have time because of work or life or whatever, then right. not. not. Um, so that's how it started in February 2017. Um, and it was very small to begin with. I think he was writing maybe two posts a week. And I, I'll be honest, I, 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 it's it's not my hobby, although I certainly enjoy the fruits of his labor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always wrote relatively well, so I would write something here or there if you're, you know, something that I noticed that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely, we wrote more and more as long as we had time for it. And nowadays we usually write about two posts each per day. Um, Although I'll admit the ones on the weekends tend to be 
um, updated posts of things right. that we've written in the past. Right. Wow. Is there, do you make money off of this? Do you mind me asking? Yeah. I mean, is, is this a business? We do. It's, wow. uh, at this point, at this point, it's a business. We consider ourselves to be moderately successful. Well, I'll take yeah. that. Uh, yeah. stay, uh, stay on the line there. We'll do some more traveling. It's uh, 845 with John Landecker at 720 WGN. Now, if the Hotel California has the 13th floor or not, it's uh, 720 WGN with John Landecker at 848. The website is yourmileagemayvary.net. And we're talking to Sharon, co-founder, co-founder of the Your Mileage May Vary travel blog. You know, collecting points is really something that I would love to be able to accomplish. I've never really put it together because when you do, and I'm sure this is one of the reasons that you keep doing it, it's like you're getting something for nothing, almost, don't you think? Yeah. Um, and there's something better, up- something better for nothing. Yeah, because um, sometimes you can stay at a much nicer place than you typically right. would if you were paying cash. Absolutely. So how often do you and your husband travel these days and use your points? Uh, um, it depends on the year. Uh because Joe still works full time, mm-hmm. um, he only has a limited amount of vacation time. So we try to use that uh, as creatively as we possibly can. Right. Um, we probably get away, I would say, eight or nine times a year, wow. but it's u- it's usually only long weekends. Well, that'll, um, that'll do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not horrible. Um, we'll still do a week-long a week long trip here or there, and then maybe once every other year or so, we'll do a, a really long international trip. Um, in fact, we're doing, we're, doing one of, we're doing one of those starting this Friday. Uh, is this the Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia trip? Yeah, yes, it is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What is the attraction? Um, this is Joe recently celebrated a milestone birthday mm-hmm. and we have a rule in our house that when you have one of those, you get to pick where you want to go and the other person doesn't have a say in it. And Joe's, <laughs> Joe, yeah, Joe's, Joe's dad had been, uh, stationed in Vietnam oh, during the war. Right. Um, and Joe has always wanted to go. So we're going. Wow. How long yeah. a trip is that? Uh, we're going on a tour. The tour itself is 12 days, but with travel back and forth, we're going to be gone a total of 16 days. Do you fly nonstop? No. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, we're flying. We live in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, we're flying from Orlando to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Singapore, oh. Oh my God. Singapore to Ho Chi Minh City. That is a hike. It's going to be a long day. (laughs) A very long day. (laughs) And uh, making travel connections, so many travel connections. I I mean, you know, we're talking about flights being on time. Where's the baggage, so to speak? Because you're not going to go, you know, there have been horror stories about that very recently. But I saw on your uh, blog... Um, 
if you don't mind me referring to it, uh, Southwest experimenting with boarding order again. That's one of the headlines that you have today. Uh, what's the story behind that? Um, so is uh, that outlier of how they board people because they they assign you assign them and you go in number order um, mm-hmm. as opposed to just yeah, right. giving, assigning you a seat. Um, they've always had family boarding where uh, a child six years old or younger could board with their with two adults between boarding boarding if you had between the people who have boarding passes A and B. Right. Um, over the early, sorry, late last year, they were doing something different where family boarding was happening even before the people who had A, but they could only sit in rows 16 and beyond. Oh, really? Um, so they could, yeah, they couldn't sit in the very, the very front of the, uh, of the plane. They only did it for about a week in Atlanta, um, just as an experiment. Um, and now apparently we're doing another experiment where it's almost the same as what it had been, except in a couple of cities, it sounds like the child can, instead of being just six years old or younger, the child can be, um, 12 years old, sorry, under the age of 13. Under the age of 13? No kidding. Wow. Well, that way, I mean, if you think about it, you know, if you have an eight-year-old, do you want them to wind up being sitting with, you know, strangers? Well, of course not. Yeah. You figure a 13-year-old can probably take care of themselves. Yes, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the kid between, you know, six and 12, maybe not so much. Mm. Yeah, I, I used to fly Southwest quite a bit um i haven't flown recently but i know exactly what you're talking about you know do you have the number one through 50 are you 50 through you know 100 Uh, um we're boarding now numbers one through 45 and uh, anybody with a child uh, can pre-board um and on southwest unless they've changed there's no real difference in the I mean, there's no first-class, business-class coach. Everything's the same, right? Um, they do have something now where if you have status, uh-huh. you get to go even before A, but those are only you know, special people. Right. Who've, who've acquired their points. Right. <laughs> Among other things, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask you about this one? I love this one. Virgin Atlantic offers a nice selection of non-alcoholic drinks. Um, that one actually Joe wrote, so... Okay, I don't I'll have... move on. <laughs> How about this one? Southwest isn't the only airline SNL is lampooned. Just the latest. That's mine. Okay. <laughs> what, tell us about that, because I saw that SNL lampoon of Southwest. Yeah, um, I mean, Saturday Night Live has been on the air for oh. almost 50 years now, yeah, which yeah. blows my mind. Indeed. Um, yeah, and... They've always made, you know, commercial, fake commercials where they oh. would lampoon things. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, if they did this one, they had to have done it with others. So being me, I just started looking around and, oh, look, they made fun of Air Ringus. And, oh, look, they made fun of this airline. And I had a post. Yeah, the Saturday Night Live, as you say, has been on for as long as it's been on. 
and it goes through various, the viewers go through various generations, the people that are on Saturday Night Live go through various generations, you hear criticism like almost every year some group is saying, ah, oh, it's just not this, it's, it's not just, the, it's not the same as it used to be, it's just not funny anymore, this cast isn't as good as the, you know, this cast or that cast, but I have to say, I think their parody lampooning commercials that require video production, I think those are pretty consistently very, very entertaining. Um, They're very well done they, yeah. and always have been. Yeah, I think that's uh, that that has remained constant through all the years. I, I You know, I find it to be Saturday Night Live to be a little... One week it's up, one week it's down, one week it's sort of, you know, part of it's good, part of it's not. Um, it's a tough assignment coming up with that much material every week. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, but um, they do a good job, at least as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I love the take on Southwest Airlines. Um, has Southwest, uh, by the way, maybe this is an unfair question. Have they got their baggage thing straightened out? Um, it looks like they, it looks like they've been doing a good job with it. Mm -hmm. Um, they took, they took the bull by the horns from the very beginning after they got everything smoothed out. And I've, fortunately we were not involved in all of that, but I've read about a lot of people who have gotten their bags back, have gotten refunds as long as they have, uh, put in the, filled out the paperwork for it. Not everybody yet. Right. Um, you know, I see my daughter couldn't go to her wedding. You owe us $10,000. Right. Um, yep. yep. There were a lot but, of horror stories. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, you but know, we have, I, we, we have Midway airport here with Southwest and the pictures that were, that came out of the baggage claim were unbelievable. I mean, yep. literally you could walk across the baggage claim on the top of the baggage. It was, it was like that. Uh, Sharon, Sharon, it's been great. great talking with you. Thank you so much. Have a you and your husband have a great trip to Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. And um, I'll be following along on your blog, which I've well, really enjoyed. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you.